Welcome to Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today, I sit down with Shi Hang Ma and enjoy a steaming hot cup of joe, as in coffee, and she takes hers black. Shi Hang is a force in the Toronto comedy scene and has recently branched out into on-screen performing as well. She is a current cast member of Bad Dog Theatre's Featured Players, an alumni of the Second City Bob Curry Fellowship Program, and the sketch show she co-created and performed in, Carpe Into My DMs, won Best of Fringe last summer. After completing the Second City Conservatory program here in Toronto, she was the single performer in her cast to be awarded the Tim Sims Encouragement Fund Award. No big deal. <laughs> you can catch Shehang performing on a variety of comedy shows on Bad Dog TV, including the award-winning show Hookup, Roses and Thorns, and The Oval. I first met Shehang a few years ago in an improv class we were both taking, and there was just something special about her right from the start. She's an actor, an improviser, and a woman I admire immensely. Okay, let's let's freaking do this. Hi, Shehang. Yeah. Hi. Hi. How are you oh today? My God. I'm well. I'm well. I know we're drinking black coffee as per yeah. my beverage of choice, but um, I had to drink before this because I didn't want to be sleepy on the show. So yeah. I am flying off the walls and have more <laughs> coffee to drink. That's how I'm doing. I was the same. Like, I was like, oh, well, I need to have a coffee in the morning. I was so tired yes. this morning. And then I'm like, well, of course I want to have a fresh one for the pod. Mm-hmm. So you're a coffee drinker. I love coffee. I'm only like a one cup a day normally kind of person. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're both going to be a little bit wired. Yeah, absolutely. We're both going to feel a little drunk anyway. I have to, I actually went off coffee for like a year, a little bit over oh. a year. I didn't plan to, um, I just went on vacation and Rompton, my partner was like sort of pointing at like one day, I think I had like four coffees because they were free in the hotel lobby and anything free. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Take it's it. yes. Yeah. Uh, but I wasn't sleeping well and I was like very wired and I just thought, you know, I'm not going to have one tomorrow and I'm just not going to have one the next day. And then it was like a year and I felt amazing. Wow. But I don't, I don't want to feel amazing. I want to drink coffee. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? For for me, it's like, a, I realize this. It's like a ritual thing for me. It's the only mm. sort of ritual I have. I never thought about it before, but I, I realize now when you, when you ask me what I want to drink, that every morning, every single morning, um, unless I have the flu or something, mm. I'll get up, go spend an hour making my coffee and I'll sit and I'll drink my coffee. And it's a comforting thing for me because I, mm. I think for me, I like the safety of knowing you know, however many hours I slept, however, yeah, you know, whatever state I'm in, a cup of coffee will get me there. It's like a safety thing for me. Oh my God, you should be a sponsor for like, fo- like that was beautiful. Oh like Folgers. <laughs> I literally could only think of Folgers. I don't even, yeah. I can't think Did of any other. Did we both audition for that? <laughs> um, no. <laughs> Thank you for, uh, you're like, like oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> No, listen, uh, <laughs> no, but that's fine. Well, clearly also like you are right for it. Like the best, you have this ritual in the morning. Like, did I put something in my eye? Like what is, did I put coffee is it hurting? in my eyeball? Oh, I think maybe it just feels like I put like a fluffy in there and I'm like, well, we're on video. So I have to acknowledge it. You know what I mean? If oh, we were on okay. audio, I wouldn't say anything. 
do you see anything? sometimes i get too sometimes i'll pull like a full out like a thread like a piece of shirt but it's like a long ass thread yeah right out of your like it was just sitting in your eye yeah oh and it's like hanging off my lashes i want to get really close i can see it and i just slowly pull it out it's like you put like colorful mascara on just one and you're like no this is just my thing i think that would be so satisfying like it's like whenever i if i see it's like when i oh i'm just realizing like i'm admitting that i watch uh ingrown hair videos but like when you watch a long i love i don't watch ingrown hair videos what do you love what do you love um blackhead removal I don't do it every day. It's like a, but like, I remember last summer I was, uh, I was traveling and, and I was like, <laughs> I, I haven't seen my aunt in years, yeah. not since I came to Canada and what I insisted she watch. No, come on. It's disgusting blackhead videos. I thought you were just gonna say you watch them on your own. You're forcing, did she like them or was she like, what is happening? Like, okay. Well, does anybody like them? I love them. You watch them and, yes. you, and it's like, and it's like, yeah. Oh God. I was not but, going like, I don't tell many people this. Honestly, if you go on my phone and you go to YouTube, that's all I'm, that's all I'm suggested. And if you search for it, there's a red bar. I've watched all the videos. Like there's no other videos to watch. Wow. That's uh, not a good thing. hair videos. Like, like they oh, had no. to dig it out. Blackheads. Okay. Straight up blackheads. There are, there yeah. are two that I've watched more than once because they're like my favorite ones. I'll send them to you. <laughs> okay. So sweet. Thank you. I've seen some big ass blackheads. Yeah. Like huge on someone's back and they have to take like a tweezer and like dig it out. Yes. And, like, like excavated in chunks. It's like a little archeologist or like, yeah. or like sometimes they have to take a, see, I draw the line at like a, when they have to use a scalpel, like I don't want to see any blood. Do, so like, Oh, does that bother you that. or no? no? I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. I've done that. Yeah. Okay. What do you love so much? Like what is satisfying about it to you? A perfect removal. Oh yes. Like I love it when I love squeegees. I love how squeegees get every drop of water. You know what I mean? And when I color with pencil crayons, I press hard so that (laughs) it fills in every white space. I get, I get it right in the line. It's really satisfying. Were you one of those kids who like broke crayons when you colored yes. them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, crayon oh, yeah. breaker. Good Me time. too. <laughs> is this like some sort of like all I can think? I'm like, okay, this is like A type or this is like perfectionism. Like, yeah, I'm like, get it clean out. Like, and it blows my mind how much is actually under the person's skin. Like, how is there that much skin depth for there's like, how is there space for all those blackheads to sit in there? Right. I mean, I guess if you leave it long enough, are Bodies are amazing. Like they are. humans, I'm convinced humans can adapt to anything, anything that could happen. Oh, yes. I guess it just grows over time. It does. And sometimes I'm like, what if I have one on my back that I've never seen and it's just there forever? <laughs> like I should. Well, your partner could tell you that. Yeah. Just be like, Brompton, look, like check out my back for a little while. Yeah. Just go yeah. back there for a little bit. Oh my God. I can't believe you love. Okay. And also like, I we have we have developed a true friendship in the past little bit we have haven't we we have you know what you asked me to be on your podcast in december Mm -hmm. and at the time um i couldn't like it didn't well you remember it it didn't Mm -hmm. work out twice or something like that more than that actually because of that i never do that to anybody again like i will never say no to someone more than twice if i'm not (laughs) sure like i just won't i'll just tell them that i'm not sure i'll get a get back to you or yeah. do it later. So thank you for being oh. 
that part of my life and teaching me that lesson. Yeah, oh I felt God. really bad about it. Aww. But what I'm going to say, what I was going to say is when you asked me then, like we were friends, but we were more like troop mates mm-hmm. that hung out in the community. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. But now I think COVID has really brought us together. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing. Like, well, and I'm surprised that I am friends with you and I didn't know you like blackhead videos, which like you, I didn't know that until right now. Yeah. Which like, that should be one of the, well, no, that's like an embarrassing thing that I don't tell many people and now oh, it's on here, you but me. you're welcome. Listeners, watchers, you're welcome. Watchers, viewers, you're very welcome. Whatever. You're welcome. Um, okay. I want to talk to you about that. Yeah. Because, um, you were one of the first people that I thought of that I wanted to bring on this podcast. I was like, when what? I was, yes, oh I, my God. because seriously when, okay. So yes. Yeah, so we sort of pre COVID we had improvised a bunch together and yeah, it was sort of like when you really love someone at work, but you're still coworkers and you're not quite friends yet. You know, like I admired you mm-hmm. from afar, but I was like, I don't know if she would consider me a friend yet. And then I, yeah, I definitely wanted you on the pod. And then, it, yeah, a few times it didn't work out. And I remember you sort of voicing after that, like, you know what? I just don't think maybe personally it's like a good time for me or professionally. Like, it's not a good time right now because things were really yes. busy for you, right? That's the other and, thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I keep wanting to interrupt. Please Continue. interrupt. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I do the same okay, thing. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to go for it then. <laughs> yeah, go, 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 go. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. I was thinking about this too, mm-hmm. is that had we recorded in December, mm-hmm. I was a way different person than I am now. Mm. And, and I, 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 the more I think about it, the more I realize that we're always changing. We're all, as we grow, as we learn, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, now I realize that then I was so burnt out, mm. so insecure. And of course, the insecurity doesn't go away; it just takes a different form. But yeah, way, 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 way different person. COVID has done. Um, has really given me time to process and like mm. learn about myself. That's what I wanted to ask you. Like what felt, cause you, you sort of like you reached out more recently saying, Hey, like if you'd ever, you know, if you still want me, like I- I'm in a space where I would be happy to do that. And <laughs> first of all, I was like elated. I was so thrilled. And also I thought it was like, thank you because I thought it was so generous of you to reach out to me and say that, because even if I wanted you on the pod out of respect, like I didn't want to, you know, reach out again. I thought if she ever wants to, like, I totally would want her on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I wanted to know like what sort of changed in you to make you feel comfortable or want to do it now. And it sounds like a lot of sort of like self-reflection and growth over COVID times. Yeah. Um, hmm. I guess at the time I was overwhelmed, burnt out because, mm-hmm. um, throughout the past, I guess three years now that I've just been working hard at trying to get better at improv, trying mm-hmm. to work on the art. Um, mindfulness was never a thing that I knew about. I didn't. I never even took the time after or before a show to reflect on how I felt ever. Like I just never gave myself time to process. And I think it's so, so important. I can't believe I did that. Mm. And you know what? Um, that kind of drive and perfection has gotten me to where I am but it has also made me crash so hard. Mm. Like COVID hit right at a time when I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. It hit and my whole body just collapsed. Oh. And I was so relieved that I, that I didn't have to do it anymore. Mm. And um, for like two months, I didn't think about comedy. Actually, every time I thought about comedy, my body would get so, so anxious. It, it was bad. And um, got to a point where I had to sit down and think, 
okay, well, my body is telling me something, what's happening? Mm -hmm. And, and so reflecting on that, plus, um, the Black Lives Matter movement, Mm -hmm. um, blowing up the way it did, and, and now, um, forcing, you know, institutions, acting, theater, all sorts of other institutions to really confront, to finally confront these issues, Mm -hmm. and, um, our community, kind of blowing up in a sense too, Mm -hmm. has made me reflect on who I've been, what kind of art I've been doing, who I've been doing my art for, and realizing that I haven't been doing it for myself. Like Mm -hmm. in the beginning, sure, when I started taking improv classes, it was just purely for fun. I just wanted to try it out and I loved it and I kept going. But at a certain point, when you start getting better, when you start playing more shows, you start wanting the laughs. And when, mm. and I didn't realize this at the time, now I realize it now, when most of your audience is white folks, most of the performers on stage are white performers with, um, you know, having grown up with a comedy and the sense of humor that they have, mm. I was catering to them, even though I didn't, I didn't grow up like them. I didn't know what was funny. So it was really hard. It was really hard to like, um, quiet my own voice mm. to the point where I didn't know what my own voice was anymore to try and make white folks laugh. Mm. And I, that's what I realized hurt the most mm-hmm. was that I haven't been doing this for myself. And my body was like, no, never again. Stop this. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, it sounds, ex- I mean, it sounds draining and exhausting that you get into it. I mean, first you get into it because of a pure, like joy and natural inclination that you want to do this and it feels right and mm. fun and fulfilling. And then after a while, it's like, yeah, who are you doing this for anymore? And then how is it supposed to ever be fun again? Like, sounds like it just right. sucked all the fun out of it or, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's, been, it's been, it's my own perfectionist issues too. Mm. Um, now, now re- looking back, mm-hmm. you know, improv teaches you to be in the moment and stuff. Yeah. I have not been in the moment ever, mm-hmm. I think. It's always been, okay, get the who, what, where, where out. But yeah. Do this improv scene right make it perfect. If it's not yeah. perfect, you failed. Yeah. Only now have I been thinking about that. <laughs> it is. It's crazy. I, I felt like in the beginning, I remember a teacher saying like, I think I've said this to you before. Like a teacher said to me, like improv is like therapy. Like it's gonna, you know, and I was like, Oh God, that's so like wanky. Like, ugh, I hate mm-hmm. that. And then as I started going, doing it more, I was like, Oh no, I'm, I get it. Like it's teaching me that I have everything I need inside me. And like, all you have to do is connect to the person in front of you and listen and be in the moment. And I really love those Mm -hmm. things, but it is Mm -hmm. wild that like then after a a while, and I can resonate with, with, you know, some of what you're saying about like it not being for you anymore. I realized I was doing the opposite of all those things. It was not for me. Um, I think we talked about this a little bit in the past few months that at the end of last year, I was around, I was in a similar situation where I was just like, I don't even find improv fun anymore. Like I could not find the fun. And I was, but it's hard because you get into it and you, there are so many different ways to be an artist that sometimes I find like, I'm just sort of looking to where I want to be and then chasing that, trying to follow like, okay, well, this person is doing this. I'll do this. I'll do this. And you end up just getting burnt out and lost and you mm-hmm. don't know what it's for anymore. Like, how did you find the fun again? Or have you found the fun again in improv? Yeah, I have. And I should clarify, I, um, coming into improv, mm-hmm. I, like, I, 
you know, I, I was what, 23 mm. and, you know, uh, ignorant, like just kind of always, always gone with the flow. And, th and that's from a young age, um, being an Asian, uh, woman and like feeling gay, but not telling anybody about it. So like basically not gay and it, yeah. And, and so much like internalized hate and shame and all, and dealing with all that, um, shaped me into who I was coming into improv. Mm. So like so much of it has been, what am I trying to say here? I don't, Hmm. You can cut out the spaces, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, how do I say this? Uh, I, 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 I realize now, now that I have clarity about me as a, a person, as a political uh, individual, mm -hmm. how much I have stood back and just gone with the flow in order to, to climb up the ranks, mm -hmm. essentially. Uh, you know, not fighting for people, not fighting for people who should, should um, be fought for. Letting myself be the token on a troop um, to the point of like thinking it's a good thing that I get to be there, like feeling grateful for it. Mm. So that has been a whole journey in itself too. Um, and what I'm trying to say is like, I don't, I don't even want to blame the whiteness in comedy because I subscribe to it too. And me going with the flow and, you know, people pleasing and just trying to get better in the way that I knew how, I perpetuated that as well. Hmm. And, you know, we all do what we feel safe doing at the time, mm -hmm. right? So that has been a whole journey. Now, um, after saying all that, now finding the fun has been just being myself, like showing up and um, reminding myself to have the most fun before the show. Don't even worry about anything else. And I think part of it is at this point, like I know the rules of improv. I know who it where, like it's ingrained in my body. I can just play. So, so now like I won't do a character because I, fe I feel like this show needs a character or I'm expected to do a character. I'll just be myself. I'll just do whatever I feel like. Yeah, I think that has been integral in finding the fun again. Mm -hmm. And also um, having something else to do. Now I'm getting more into on-camera acting. So a lot of my focus is there. So I care less about improv. Yeah. And like truly care less about improv and not just, I'm jaded. So I don't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. But almost like, well, it's like when, I think, I think I mentioned this before too, like when you have more things that you're invested in or that you care about, it's, you know, then if you don't feel like you're doing great in one thing, it just matters less. The stakes are lower. Like you don't, you can invest in the fun of improv and not like put so much pressure on, I have to be good. It has to be perfect. I have to be successful in this. And all. Mm -hmm. also I feel like right now, so many of us are still like, you know, at home. Like I know I joke, like I know we're in stage three, but like I am acting like we're still a couple months ago. Um, and things it just puts things in perspective a lot too. Part of me is like, these things don't even matter as much. And you, you touched upon like, you know, a lot of things coming to light for in like during these past few months and especially like different institutions in our field or just everywhere. And so it also sort of feels like, oh, all these places that I've been chasing to like, please want me, want me, want me. Now I'm like, 
oh, you know what? I also need to think, do I want you? Like, do I want to mm-hmm. be a part of what you're about? And are you going to, are you going to sort of change what you've been about? Um, I also feel like I just love you. And I also feel like I, I want to touch on something you said. I know you were sort of like, sort of like blaming yourself a little bit for not advocating more, excuse me. And I want to say to you too, that I know both of us, like we've expressed that we have a hard time sticking up for ourselves or having a voice for ourselves. And I have so much compassion when I think of like the Sheehan who maybe is upset that she didn't advocate more, but it's like, well, it's hard to advocate for other people if you're still figuring out how to like advocate for yourself. And that is mm-hmm. fucking hard. And mm-hmm. um, me, I've actually thought specifically about you because we have been on like improv troops or for people not in improv, like an improv cast together regularly. And I've actually specifically thought like, I needed to advocate for you more. Like I needed to be a better ally for you more in so many different ways. And um, yeah, and I'm sorry for not doing a better job at it in the moment and in the past. I feel that for a lot of people and I should have been a better uh, cast member for you so that you didn't have to do certain things, you know? Um, people, people uh, yeah. Yeah, um, thank you for saying that. Um, I don't. I don't think you need to apologize because like who knew mm. I didn't know I didn't know what I want I didn't know what I needed I didn't know what I wanted I've never known what I wanted growing up like mm. it, coming to Canada and having to navigate being here mm-hmm. just all of that fed into it's not just comedy like it's not just improv we we live in this world every and I I could just quit comedy because I'm not happy with it and mm-hmm. go to it excuse me, to another industry. And it would be the same problems, probably worse, mm. actually, definitely worse. Um, definitely more problematic in the workplaces and stuff. Mm. But um, yeah, it's, I'm really happy and hopeful that this is all happening. Um, and it was born out of great tragedy over, over, over hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but finally, finally, it's blown up and I'm really happy about it. It's made me pay attention. Mm -hmm. I used to, I've thought about this a lot being, um, what it means to be Asian. Like you, yes, we are, we experience racism and especially with COVID people, you know, inflicting hate crimes on Asian people. Um, but, but there's a privilege in being Asian too, because we're not, we're not black. We're not indigenous. We certainly don't face, that amount of violence Mm. right so so it's it's almost easy for us to sit back because people will give us a pass for being uh, a person of color in that oh they're a person of color so they they already get it kind of thing Mm. but that's not true that's not true at all just because you're a person of color yeah you understand what it's like um to experience racism right on yourself but you still you don't you don't get a pass. We're, we're all here. We all got to try. Mm. So, um, oh, that was so beautifully said she hang. Oh my God. Was it? I feel yes. like just stumbling through this. But, oh my um, gosh. I feel so like lucky to have you here right now with me saying this, aw. honestly, you're like waking me up. Like I'm not even sipping my coffee. I'm literally sitting here. I've been in the same, I feel like I've been in the same position for like, 
yeah, it just, it sounds like a lot to navigate. And especially during a time where like, I know you've been, mm-hmm. like, you've been stuck at home and like, not a lot of, like it, it can feel like a very isolating time. So it's also if, a perfect you know, time to, to be thinking about this, mm-hmm. to be in the safety of your own home. Um, it's easy to say no to people now. Mm-hmm. I know saying no is such a powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be hard if I was, you know, out like with you at comedy bar, SoCap, um, bad dog, second city all the time, seeing people in person, it'd be hard to say no to them in person mm. or, or even like see them. And then they message me and then say no, mm-hmm. but from the safety of our own homes behind a computer, like with my bed right there, I can just flop on it and lay there for <laughs> hours if bed. I want to. <laughs> yeah. 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 With my, my dog and like, my couch. I'm like, bye. No, yeah. nothing. No to nothing. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to emphasize that I, I, I don't want to like sound like I'm preaching or anything. I'm not a saint at all. These are just things that I have been thinking about just now. Mm-hmm. just with COVID. Like I was not an active fighter for um, marginalized folks. I was not. And now I'm learning to do that. Mm-hmm. Just because I am a queer Asian woman doesn't mean that I have been active in it. Mm-hmm. You also don't have to be perfect in every moment right? in order of to do good, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I have everybody like, you know, actually one, and one thing, I think I talked to you, one thing that stuck out to me was I was like, during all this is I thought about second city and I thought some things were coming to light online about so many places, you know? And one thing I thought was, um, I always feel like an outsider in most of these institutions. And so, so often when I hear stories of like something happened to someone, I feel surprised because I don't know any of like the behind the scenes stuff going on, I guess. But Mm -hmm. then I really thought to myself and I was like, well, I don't have to be on the inside to recognize that like the main stage casts are made up. There's going to be like one token minority person up there. One. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't even have to be in comedy to recognize that. And I've said nothing. I've, I've never said like, and I even know, you know, doing auditions and stuff, people like people have joked about it and said, or they've said to me, okay, you have, well, you have two spots open to you. Like there's going to be two white women and you have two spots open to you. I've never said anything. I've never. So I know more than I realize I know. And I'm so like, this has been such a, a, a recognizing my privilege and saying that this has been a time that I am also like, I wanted to say grateful for, which doesn't feel right at all. But I am glad that it has, it has like shone a light in that way that I'm like, no, no, no. I, I have these blinders on these need to come off because Mm -hmm. I've known that I don't have to be on the inside to know about this person did this, this person is not good to these people, whatever. I don't have to know names. I can just look at casts and be like, what is this pattern? What is up with this? This is not cool. And I haven't said anything and I've been in it for like seven years and I've never thought to say anything. So I mean, same. You know? I showed up, started some improv level A classes at Second yeah. City and yeah. saw the show and was like, yep, that's the way it is. Because mm-hmm. it is, it is, it has always been the way it is. Mm-hmm. And like, um, you know, in con, we watch the archives and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I remember learning that a few, just a few years back, it was four men and two women. And that to us is shocking, right? Yeah, my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> just, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah, no, I, oh. I found that out. 
I don't know, Con Four or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it used to be and, like that. And for listeners, I want to tell them too. So Con is like a conservatory program. I've ta- I think I've talked about it before too. Is a conservatory program at Second City that you audition for, and then you um, write and perform a show over about a year. And Shehang and I have both. We did it separately. And then uh, part of it is you get um, archive. You get to study archive scenes, so previous scenes from before, and then you get to act in them. So okay, so you were saying that it it used to be four. So four guys and two girls, two women. Mm-hmm. And that was that was normal, right? Yeah. And for me now to learn about that, like that's shocking. Like that's mm-hmm. that's terrible, right? But coming into Improbable A, seeing, you know, one token person of color, I didn't think they were a token. I was just like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I knew they were a token. But at the same time, I was like, oh, there's only room for one of us on that stage. I accept that. Like I accepted mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was going to progress through the levels to strive for, to try and get like we, yeah. Yeah. Only, only now have I really been thinking about how much have I just gone with the flow and let Mm -hmm. things happen to the point of accepting it as the way it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and now how much am I really going to question that? And I think so much of it is self-worth like knowing how much space to take up Mm -hmm. knowing that you can take up you're worth taking up more space and demanding more Mm -hmm. I say you I mean me (laughs) (laughs) yeah even before when you were like I'm sorry you can cut this out uh immediately after I was like I thought like no you deserve all the silent conversational real estate you want. Like True. you want to be silent. Is yeah. real estate too. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're you deserve right. any silent you want. You deserve all the time to figure out what you want to say. And you also deserve to say something imperfectly and later mm-hmm. be like, actually, you know what? I don't really like how I said that. Or I don't, you know, actually that's been something with like recording. That's been really like, I, I really, I got in my head sometimes thinking like whatever I say, I have to stand by forever. And it's on recording and it's, yeah. And that's scary. Like that, yeah. part, that is so much pressure. I was, I have been thinking about this a lot over the past three months mm. with, um, with, with acting on scripted acting training. Yeah. It's made me realize I want to present myself as this, this type of person. And yeah. it's so funny. I feel like growing up in, in here in this society, we're so much about, you know, I'm this type of person or I, I felt I'm on this brand or like I listen to this type of music, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we have to stick by it mm-hmm. in order to not be like a poser or like inauthentic yes. to be found out as inauthentic. I think that's what struck me the most. Mm. So, so whenever I decide I'm this person, I have to stick to it so hard. Mm-hmm. And that in itself is inauthentic. I feel like, because we're always changing. And I realized that the moment I let myself say something with permission to change my mind, like a second later yeah. about anything, just freed up so, so much. Mm. And it's a, it's an ongoing work in progress, of mm-hmm. course. But mm-hmm. yeah, I totally understand what you mean. Yeah. I love that. Like giving yourself permission that you can change your mind. I remember I am not like, really, I don't, I'm not a huge like Taylor Swift fan. I don't really know her music. However, I don't know why I feel like I need to say that. You know why? Because I feel like Taylor Swift uh, perpetuates quite like a problematic 
problematic messages. And so I don't, that's why anyway, who cares? No, one's going to be like, Oh my God, Amanda, like no one's going to care anyway, whatever. When I was younger, she had this song I heard on the radio and she's, it was like something like, and sometimes people change their minds. And I'm sure it was like a throwaway to like rhyme mind with like kind or something. And it struck me. I was in the car and I remember it struck me so hard thinking, wait, we can change our minds. Like in friendships, in relationships, I feel like whatever, uh, whatever people are getting from me, then mm-hmm. I need to give that forever. And I am, I'm, you know, I'm trying to loosen up on that and just allow myself to like be more flexible because sometimes like, yes, I want to be a kind person. And I also have to reconcile like, sometimes I'm not going to be kind. Like that breaks my heart even saying it, but I have to be okay with that. And what's but what does kindness that? mean to you? It means like, I'm I don't always- think you just stop being a kind person. Yeah, but here's because a like, different how side do you, of your personality comes out. Well, like, are you the, what's that saying? Like, you're the sum of all your parts or whatever. Like, if uh-huh. am I kind? If like, let's say I'm having a bad week, but then every yeah. day that week you talk to me and I'm not that nice. Am I still a nice person? I don't know when that changes. Like, what? how do you, I, yeah, I don't know what, do Interesting. You know what I don't Interesting. know if this makes sense. It sounds but... to me like, uh, and correct me if this is not mm. how you're feeling at all. It sounds to me like kindness is acting kind. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you stop doing that explicitly, you're not kind anymore. But I don't think that's the case because you're you're a kind person. You are. You 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 really watch out for the people around you so so much. And just because you're angry one day, like you're allowed to have feelings. Mm-hmm. This is something my therapist taught me. They're just emotions. Because one day I was ranting. Yeah. I we ended a session, and usually I'm happy to. I, I like ending a session like happy, like like I've resolved something. But this yeah. one time we we opened a can of worms like two minutes to the end of my session, oh. and I I was just open with her. I was just like, oh man, I really wish I had we hadn't started talking about this because mm-hmm. now I'm in a shitty mood. Mm. And she was like, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? So how would you have acted if we had ended happy? Mm-hmm. And she told me, it doesn't matter. Like, these are just emotions. Mm-hmm. Whatever we feel, we feel. The result, like whatever internal dialogue we're having, we're going to have. And emotions are just the byproduct of it. Mm. And we will uphold happy as better than angry, let's mm-hmm. say, when they're really just the same thing. So just feel it and then move on. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. So my, <laughs> my whole point to what you were saying is yeah. like, just because you're angry and don't want to deal with someone's problems one day doesn't make you a less kind person. If anything, it makes you kind to yourself. Like, why are you expending extra energy for other people on the yeah. day that you can't? Yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah. I guess I just, I don't, I think I very much base who, here's what it is. With other people, I will give them the benefit of the doubt until uh, I'm literally falling apart, which I'm working on. But for me, when I'm thinking of who I am as a person, like every action is a representation of me as a whole. So like, if you, like, I remember, I think I said this one time you messaged me and you're asking if I could help you with a self tape, like virtually during all this. And I couldn't that day. And I thought in my head, Oh, I hope she, I hope she's still, if she does already, like, I hope she sees me as a reliable person or like a person who will be there. Like, you know, and I think I'm, and that's a lot of pressure and it's, it is that it's that rigidity, right? Like it's that idea that you can't change. And like, I'm signing up to be a reliable friend. So I need to always prove every second that I'm a reliable friend. And 
I think also it scares me to think I have a, like, if I see you as a reliable friend and then what if a few times you're not reliable anymore, it's that unpredictability. It's like, I need that safety. I need to know that they're going to be, I need reassurance. And so almost like I can't do that for myself. I can't let myself off the hook. Uh, cause then, yeah, it because feels you expect unfair. that of other people. I think so. I expect it less, but it scares me when it goes away. If somebody like changes a bit, it scares me. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no. What do you mean? Like, I need you to be that person. And that's so unfair. Like I'm acknowledging that's so unfair. Right. But it also, I mean, that's the way we grew up. And I say we, because we have talked about this in private <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> during our friendship conversations. <laughs> our friendship oh, conversations. <laughs> yeah. That we just sort of internalize just- that like, yeah. I mean, yeah. we've been disappointed so many, actually you told me this. Oh mm. my gosh. You told me this and I'm saying it back to you. I'm, <laughs> I'm so no, scared I was... now. <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, was it bad? Oh no, it was beautiful. It, oh. I, I think I was ranting to you about something, feeling really bad about something. And you said, when you've been disappointed over and over throughout your life, you just expect disappointment to happen. Mm. Wow. And so and and actually, I was talking to my therapist. Oh my gosh! What <laughs> what, what was that eye roll? Oh, you're like I brought up my therapist twice. I I may as well just like bring her in and have a session. <laughs> Should we just do like a, a four way uh, podcast recording <laughs> with our two therapists? Oh, your th- I would love to meet your therapist. <laughs> I feel like too. Like, is that a weird? Like what? Like why? Like what weird, is that a thing? Or like or like why? Like what makes you like, oh, I would love to meet your therapist. Like what, what, yeah. What makes you drawn towards wanting to meet my therapist? Oh, interesting. Well, I think a therapist is someone that we trust completely. I mean, Mm -hmm. obviously we're paying them for their services, but that if anything helps to trust more because we're paying Mm -hmm. them to be a completely safe space for us. Mm -hmm. And so I like you. I love you as a person. And therefore I trust your taste in humans. And if you trust this person so much, like I can't wait to get to know them. You know what I mean? God, that is so, I feel like that's a really huge compliment. Like I'm like sweating, like from the heat, but also like got a little, like, like love sweaty. That was so cute. That was so nice. You know, okay. Our friendship has been very, our friendship has been very interesting to me. What are those choices? Of words? Okay. Because here's the thing. Okay. So when I first met you, I've told you this, there are like a handful of people in my life where when I first met them, I sort of got like a spidey sense that like, Oh, I think we're going to be friends. No, not. I think like, we're going to be friends. I'm going to wait till she realizes it. Like, I don't want to come on too strong, but we're going to be friends, but always thought we're going to be friends. And I really hope she doesn't figure out that she's too cool to be my friend because that's what I was like, she hang is way too cool to be my friend. Like play it cool, play it cool, play it cool. And I had that insecurity. I still have that insecurity sometimes. Oh my, are you serious? Yeah, which Amanda. I need to get over it because we've legit, like now if someone was like, <laughs> would she hang call you a friend? I'd be like, yeah, like she would call me a new friend, but she would call me friend. Like I, like I have that confidence. Yeah. But I for sure have thought that like throughout and I'm one. Okay. So I'm wondering like, when do you know that you are friends with somebody? We've talked about how like friendships are weird. Becoming friends with people is weird. I am confused. It's a whole enigma. When do you Hmm. know that you are friends with someone? I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. Well, I'll use you and I as the first example. That's so (laughs) funny that you say that because, um, I, I felt the same way. I wouldn't say it's spidey senses, I guess, but like, I, I just, always felt so comfortable and so safe with you. Like I could just be myself. And I, I and I can't say that about a lot of people. 
um, whether it's them or it's usually me projecting onto them, you know what I mean? But you just, yeah. you just always made me feel like I could be myself. Mm. And so we, I think we were on two trips together. We Something like Montreal that, one after the other. Improv, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah wait, Before did... that, we did Assembly 20, like, no, 101, 201. Like, we did the entire Oh, we did the together. whole class. Yeah. All, like, yeah, a bunch so of classes. So that's how we together. started. Yeah. That's how we started knowing each other, right? Yeah. 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 I remember I liked you so much, and I, and I felt like I was friends with you, and I felt like I could talk to you about anything. Like, do you remember after shows, after I bombed, like, <laughs> I just, you, you know what? I never even had to reach out. You just could tell that I was in a bad mood and you, you mm. asked me and, and, um, and I just opened up and you, you gave me that space and not a lot of, I don't feel comfortable with a lot of people in that sense. And I remember thinking, Amanda is just like that. She just makes everybody feel so safe and comfortable at all times in such a charming way. She has a million friends and therefore I don't want to reach out and message her and make her hang out with me because she's too busy and and yeah like ask her to hang out with me because she she has too many friends like she she doesn't have time for me so that's why I didn't um even though I would have loved to and (laughs) this is so funny you 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 trying to like you telling me now that you were trying to hold back because you thought I was too cool for you or whatever yeah yeah. makes me think oh that's why she was distant because I felt I felt you being like I felt like you being like, okay, that's, mm, no, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Not like a bad distant, but just kind of like, okay, we're just, we're just troop mates and, re- and really good troop mates. <laughs> this is why you know what I mean? cool doesn't work. Right. Just and open listen, up like, and just, right. And who are your friends? Yeah, exactly. I feel weird saying it too, because like, I know I've been in a relationship forever. So like, I can't get, cause I, I sound like I'm giving dating advice, which I'm not. I'm just talking about friendships. I, I but, love dating advice. Honestly, just, <laughs> I have I feel me. Like, hit me. just hit me with what you got. But like, <laughs> I, I don't, first of all, I just hate games anyway. So I don't know why, like I can't handle them. Like I just social. So I don't know why I'm playing hard to get anyway. But I just, I, I often feel like, oh, I'm going to be too much in whatever relationship. So I just don't want to feel too strong. Yeah. Yep. I get so, so attached. Mm. I get, oh my gosh, when I'm excited about someone, I just like want to talk to them and play with them all day, <laughs> all day long. And I can't ask that of someone. Like they got to go. You know? <laughs> they got to go. I, I man, every go. time I hang up on a, on a Zoom call or a yeah. Skype or whatever, I'm, I'm reluctant I never am the first one to say, okay, I got to go now. Unless I really have to go. Like I, I yeah. have something scheduled, but like if my day is open, I'm never the one to say, oh, I got to go now. The other person always does. And then, and then I'm just like, yeah, okay, great. I'll, I'll talk to you later. But inside I'm just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> it's so sad. Oh, it's, it's, it crushes me. Really? Yeah. So what if, okay. What if they, what if like, I'm trying to think, okay, for example, we had a Zoom call that was four hours long. Just surprise, mm-hmm. four hours. I had to go because I had to feed my dog. Mm-hmm. If like, if you had, let's say it's a seven hour conversation with somebody, <laughs> like legit, like there's no way that they don't enjoy talking to you if it's for seven hours, you know? Yeah. Do you still feel crushed at the end? I think it depends on my relationship with them. Mm, like okay. with you, I know that we can talk forever. Mm-hmm. And if you hang up on me, I, because- I hang up on you. Your phrasing is so funny. If you make me hang out with you, if you hang up on me, like, I mean, it's illuminating. <laughs> Let's broadcast it to the world. 
Well, I I feel confident um, now that like you and I are are for sure friends, and we were we won't disappoint each other. And if we do, like we'll both own up to it. I trust yeah. that now because mm-hmm. of the num of how many times that we've hung out and how many the number of times that we've been committed to each other, right, mm-hmm. as friends. So I feel confident in it. But with friends that I'm not sure about, like that I've only maybe talked to once or twice. Mm-hmm. No, there's always a part of me that's like, oh no they're bored of this conversation. They want to get out kind of thing. Just a, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting course. better with it, but just a yeah. bit. Well, and I think I'm making a face cause I can tell you reacted to it, but like, I'm, oh. I'm with you in that too. Like I, I think so many people are like, Oh my God, am I interesting enough? Am I worth their time? Blah, blah. And like, I'm trying to just mm-hmm. walk into spaces and be like, yeah, I'm worth someone's time. Even if I'm just like sitting over here, like blowing bubbles out of my mouth with my spit, mm-hmm. like I'm worth mm-hmm. people's time. Like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, okay. So then where, how do you make that transition? Like, when do you know, okay, we're friends. Oh, I feel right. I didn't even answer your question. Listen, someone, I I was listening to a podcast and they were like, podcasts are just tangents. That's all they are. So please know it's yeah. That's all it is. How do I know? Yeah. How do you know? Like, yep. We're friends. Hmm. When I feel that they're as interested in me as I'm interested in them. Oh, that's nice. When they really listen to me. Mm-hmm. And even then, even then I'm always kind of holding back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cause you know, they're not my mom, they're not my sister. Like they're not, you know, we're not related. So they're not obligated to me at all. Mm. Hmm. How do I know when someone's my friend? I guess you never really know. I guess in the moment, yeah, you're friends. Yeah, you can be vulnerable. But then, you know, a day later, you just don't feel as close. Mm. I'm, I don't know. I'm so sensitive to that. Friendships mm-hmm. is something that is something that I, I uh, think a lot about. And mm-hmm. it's a point of insecurity for me, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you know when you're friends with someone? I don't, I, I don't fucking know. I have no idea. <laughs> like, that's why I'm asking you, honestly, or that's why, like, mm-hmm. because when you were talking, like, see, this is why I want the contract. Like, I want mm-hmm. to know, okay, we are, I want to know what we are. Like, I want to know that because, I, because yeah, it is that like, I don't, yeah, I'm not sure. And I think I really love connecting with people because mm-hmm. I think, because I, I find it hard to just relax in myself and uh, be vulnerable because I'm always, um, I'm always worried I'm going to regret it later or that they're going to use something that I opened up about as like ammo against me later. So I, yeah. So I really don't know because sometimes I'm like, I want to be their friend or I feel like we're friends. Um, but you're right. I mean, I guess I know that I'm friends with somebody. Here's something. If somebody, if somebody thinks of me, like if you messaged me and you were like, oh, I was watching this show and I thought of you because you told me that you really like chocolate chip brownies and they made really good chocolate chip brownies. Like you grabbed something personal, (laughs) chocolate chip brownies, doesn't have to be deep that I shared with you. Mm -hmm. And then later you thought of me when we're not together. That to me is like, 
oh, you value, like you care about me. That's a weird fucking answer, but that makes me feel no. cared for. Like that makes me like I'm being thought of. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. I'm like taking notes. How do we be friends with Amanda? <laughs> no, but that's your love language. Like, that's how people reach out to you because some people that's would fair, never yeah. think about that. Yeah. No, for me, yeah, like sentiment is so sentiment, like means so much to me. Like mm-hmm. it really does. And thoughtfulness. Like I thought about you. Yeah. 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 I had yeah. a friend go traveling to Chile and we weren't like best friends or anything at all. We just hung out in the same friend group. Like we went to high school together. This is a long mm-hmm. time ago. And, um, he came back and, uh, I, I went over to his house cause he had a party or something. Like, I don't know. We, like we truly weren't close, close friends. We mm-hmm. just were good friends. And he just handed me this thing. Actually, I'm going to go get it. Yeah, wanna, get it. Because it's so beautiful. Get it, get it. I want to see. So this is what it is. Can you see that? Yeah. Am Hold it up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Did some, is, so, that, wait, is that nails? Yeah, so it's metal work of, of nails, like a metal base, um, nails, a screw, molded into a violin player. And I love stuff like this. I love, like, simple art like this that's mm. imperfect. Like, it's so beautiful to me. And mm. he... He just handed this to me and he was like, hey, I saw this and I thought of you because I play violin. Does he play? But yeah. And um, like, I, I still have it. It's I keep it with my belongings that mean a lot to me. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I, I love I love when people think of me like that. So I totally get it. Yeah. It is. It's beautiful to think like, oh, you thought of me and I didn't have to make you think of me. I didn't text (laughs) you. Like you just thought of me. Mm -hmm. To me, it feels like, oh, you want me to be a part of your life. Like that feels so, so wonderful. And I think, yeah. And it also makes, I think it it makes you feel like seen, you know, like something so specific that, uh, and sometimes it is, it can be a gift. And it's like not even about like, oh, you spent money on me or whatever. It's just the... Mm -hmm. Oh wow, like that I I like I love that gift. Yeah. You thought of me and it matches me, so you must see me even though I'm probably trying to hide most of me, you still saw through <laughs> all that bullshit. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. I remember one time uh a group of my friends like went in and got me a birthday gift together and they got me like a bunch of a bunch of little gifts. And as I was pulling them out, it was just all these things where I was like I want to be the person who people think to give these gifts to like, it was like a little puzzle of all these like, um, feminists throughout history and a little times up pin and Mm. all these things. And I thought like, here I am thinking I can't fucking manage to show people who I am or what I care about. Like, does anyone even know who I like, what am I doing? And then here are these friends who gave me these gifts where I'm like, Oh my God, that's who I want to be. That's who I feel like I am. <laughs> like they gave me gifts showing me all my values and it was like, yeah. like what I care about. And it's, that's so funny that you felt yeah. insecure about caring about those things. Mm-hmm. That like, here's what people see of you and you still feeling like you're not that. Yeah. I've been thinking about this. I really think that as much as we try and hide who we are, I think we're not as good at that as we think we are. Like, I think people see who we are way more than we realize, even if we're working really hard to try and hide it. Like, actually, okay, so I've thought about this with you a lot, is that I feel like people see you, like, consensus. Like, if I took, 
if I took a quiz or if I gave everybody a poll, I'm not speaking properly and I can't blame alcohol. I'm wired on caffeine. Um, I feel like people see you in such like they hold you in such high regard. They see you in such a better light than you think people see you. Like sometimes they'll be like, yeah, like you'll say things and, and I'll, I'll be like, I want to validate her feelings, but I also need to call her out right now that like, no, every, so many people love you. And I feel like you see it as so differently. Or even you talked about after shows, like I would notice because you would do, first of all, you are such a fucking talented performer. Like you just are so talented. You honestly are. You like ooze just natural talent and also natural charisma. I've told you this, like you are overflowing with charisma. It's ridiculous how like suave you are. What's that word? Like you have Oh, it's another word for suave. I'll think about it because I also don't know if I'm saying that word right. Suave, suave, whatever. Who cares? Um, but after shows, I would, I could tell you were like beating yourself up, and I thought she has no idea how good she is. Like she has no idea how much people love her or want to be around her. And I think it can be a huge mind fuck, like feeling like oh, everyone sees me this way. And it's, I usually think like, oh, it's a negative way. And then having people tell you actually how people see you, you're like, that's two different people. Like, I don't know how to reconcile those two people. How, yeah. how do you think, okay. And you're like first impressions with people. How do you think you come off? How would people describe you? Do you think? <laughs> I think this has changed over time. Yeah. Especially now. How many times have I said this on this podcast? But <laughs> yes, everything has changed. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Everything has changed. Mm -hmm. Um, can you repeat the question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. If you meet someone for the first time or just some yeah. people that, you know, as like acquaintances, mm -hmm. if they were asked to describe you in three words, what would they say? What do I think they would say? Yeah. What do you think they would say about you? I think they'd say I'm nice and I'm chill. Oh, oh, what's the third word? Um, oh, no. <laughs> You said, and nice and chill. Oh, thank That's you. Three, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is so interesting. Mm. Since I started focusing on, uh, like working on act, the act, the craft of acting mm -hmm. and as an actor, you know, this, you're an actor, you have to figure out what your, what your deal is, how you come off and stuff. Mm. And I realized that for so long, I've been trying to, I want people to see me a certain way. Mm. And so sometimes I'll act in that way. And there are times when I just don't care. And that's when my most authentic self comes out. And those are the times that it's a paradox. Like those are the times that I don't know how it come off because I'm just so present with whatever is happening, present with them. Mm -hmm. And it's when I'm self-conscious and stuff that I'm putting something on. Um, I say this because I realize that I've been trying so hard to see myself in a certain light. Mm. Uh, like there's one, there's what, you want the world to see you mm -hmm. and that doesn't necessarily match with what the world, how the world actually sees you. Mm. If anything, for me, when people told me, Oh, I see you this way. I automatically think that it's a bad thing. Even if it was neutral before, but as soon as they say, Oh, they see me as this way. I'm like, no, I'm not that. I will never be. Oh, I'll try so hard to not be that. Yeah. I'll push it away. Yeah. Even if and it's a positive, like what if they're like, you're so charismatic. Like, would you push that away? Or is it when it seems like a neutral or a negative thing? Like if they said chill, um, I don't know if that's like, a no, I think no charismatic. I like, 
Mm-hmm. Charismatic. You know what? If someone says I'm charismatic, then I'm like, oh my God, I better keep that up. <gasps> Fuck, right? Fuck. It's the contract thing yeah. again. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't want, pe- I don't, like, yeah. Yeah. You're, you, you feel that way? I, yeah. Like I started hating improv the moment people started <laughs> regularly booking me on shows. I was like, fuck my life. Now this isn't for me. And now I have to be good. And I wanted mm-hmm. to just enjoy it. And that went yeah. away. Great. That's yeah, so 100%. interesting because people already think you're good. And now you're doubling down on something you already are. And now you're in your head about it. A hundred percent. Well, but it's what you said too, is like, if they think I'm good, I'm like, fuck, now I can't, I can't let them realize that I was just uh, really good at faking it or whatever. This honestly, she hanged too. This happened like when I would meet friends meet friends. Like I'm already assuming I'm going to make them my friend because I need to somehow. Um, when I would meet people, whenever they would say something like, oh, you're so funny or, oh, you're so nice. I would clock it. Like I knew I would remember those first sort of things. And I thought, okay, for that person, Mm -hmm. I have to always be funny for that person. I have to always be nice. And I mean, that's why like I ended up just being like, I never want to go out because it's exhausting. And it's also not like I'm just in my head the whole time. I can't even enjoy the conversation. Mm -hmm. I totally resonate with like if someone says something like, yeah, you're charismatic. And then you're like, fuck, now I got to always be charismatic. Hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot. And a thing that I've been trying to do because I realized I did did the same thing as you Mm -hmm. is I just don't take anything to heart anymore whether it's a bad thing, especially mm-hmm. when it's a bad thing. But even if it's a compliment, I'm just like, okay, cool. Cause you can't, cause then you're going to get obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They already think you're that way. So if you change it, you're not going to be that way anymore. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, there are certain traits that I don't like about myself. This is okay. Mm-hmm. So going back to, um, how you think, just how you see yourself, how you want the world to see you versus how yeah. people actually see you. Yeah. And, and, and in acting, you need to know, you need to reconcile those two need to be the same thing so that you know what you're giving up to the world. Right. Yeah. So growing up, um, I was a very shy kid, shy and intense. And in some ways I'm still like that, but I just hated it when people called me out on it. They're like, you know, gaslighting me, like you're so dramatic, like you're so serious, like relax kind of thing especially mm-hmm. young girls too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I noticed from a very young age before I understood what it was that I could say the same thing that I, a, a boy in my class says, mm-hmm. and I'll get shit for it. Whereas he gets like commended and laughter and, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Oh, and you're being um, dramatic or you're being too yeah, sensitive or yeah. 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 Exactly. This is, this is a big thing that I, I honestly just like this year have sort of like realized in myself or not in myself, but realized that we say we, I feel so much like, oh yeah, you're, you're dramatic. You're sensitive. You're sensitive. Or like you're overly emotional. That's the big one. Like, oh, women are emotional. And I realized that it's just now that I'm finally like, no, but also if you're always getting angry or if like, if a, if a guy goes and gets in a fight at a bar, how is that not emotional? You know? And it was really big with, I mean, talking about, you know, presidency in the States very much about like emotional, emotional. And I'm like, okay, but physical violence, like anger, that's not emotional. I don't understand how that is more rational. And somehow that is commended. But if I'm, if it's not anger, like somehow if it's anger, then it's justified. But if it's like 
sadness or all these other things, then it's negatively emotional and then you're irrational. And mm-hmm. I, I told, I, I totally see what you mean. I was like, I don't understand how I'm being too sensitive, but this person who, this guy in my class who finds out something and then gets all angry and like, Oh, fuck this, fuck him, whatever. How is that not sensitive? Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate being punished for being vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, so, so everyone just hides it behind anger. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It, and it's, it's so hard to be vulnerable. It's so, mm-hmm. so hard. So, so hard to just tell some truth. Cause what's the fear? Like what's the worst case scenario that happens when you're, if you're vulnerable? For you. Rejection. Yeah. Rejection. Oh, big time. Oh, what does that look like? Like if you open up to somebody, what does rejection look like? Hmm. It depends on the situation and the context mm-hmm. and what we're talking about, of course, but just a non-acceptance. Mm. Whatever I say. Um, one, they kind of, th- they like think it's weird. Mm. but also don't acknowledge that it's just their opinion. So they're mm. putting it on me for being different and weird and gross. Yes. Yeah. And two, if I am being self-deprecating, cause that's how I've learned to grow up and be safe mm. Two, if I'm self-deprecating, they don't fight for me. And that's, Oh, I just got chills. Yeah. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's been a trend that I've, I realized that the friend's, that now I realize we're toxic. They never, never fought for me. And when no one fights for you after a while, you just feel like you're not worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And that's where yeah. all the self-deprecation comes from. Mm. So I think those two things, a non-acceptance. You're so worth fighting for. I just feel like I have to say it. You're really worth fighting for. I, I totally, I think too, like I'm telling myself, like I have to fight for myself harder than everybody else. However, there's like a little footnote in that too, that I really need like my loved ones. Sometimes I don't have the energy. Like sometimes I need them to fight for me against me. You know, sometimes you need that. And I don't mean agree with me. You never, I have a friend who will be like, Amanda, that was kind of shitty, but I understand, but I'm having compassion for you, but what you did, like why you did it, but that was shitty. Mm -hmm. And that's, I didn't realize that. So you said it. I told, that's such a big one. Yeah. Like you've got to, you got to be in my corner. Like you got to think mm-hmm. I'm a good person. I need you to still like convince me that I'm a good person when I, even when I feel like I'm being a shit person. Like, yeah. And I think a lot of times people will act shitty subconsciously, not realizing they're doing this act mm-hmm. shitty just to see if you'll fight for them. Like they'll throw a tantrum at you oh. just to see if you'll still be there. Interesting. Yeah. I've noticed that about, well, myself my parents, mm. anyone who just gets angry and throws a fit. That's what it's mm. at. That's what it is. I think. Mm. Can I weirdly say that I, um, I, I don't know how to phrase this. I love when you get angry about things. <laughs> I feel like I'm- you, you give me permission Talk about like fighting for me. In so many cases, you will, you've given me permission to feel angry about things that I didn't even realize I was angry about. And you're like, no, just fuck that. Just fuck it. And I'm like, what? And then I sit on it for a little bit and I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Like I, like, and I so appreciate it. Also, I'm not, I, I, in no way, if like in a moment, if your anger then becomes like hurtful to yourself, I, I'm not saying that I'm 
like, yay, good for that anger. <laughs> but uh-huh. I love, like you have helped me so much in giving myself permission to be angry. Like you have helped so much in that. You're such my like anger cheerleader. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I think I told Brompton that the other day. I was like, <laughs> she, like all, if I tell you something like, oh, this kind of feels crappy, whatever. And you're like, yeah, what the fuck? You don't yeah. have to, you don't have to be okay with it. Fuck that. And I'm like, yeah, fuck that. Like, it feels so good. I'm really glad I can do that for you. I'm really, really glad. I don't know uh, if that's and, fair to you, but. Oh, it totally is. You know what? In learning to be angry for other people, I'm learning to be angry for myself. Mm. I, I realized with my therapist that I, she called me out one time. I was just like, oh, I feel so ashamed about this thing that happened. And she was like, I think you're angry. And I truly was like, no, no, I don't, no, I don't feel any anger. I'm just so upset and feel so guilty. She's like, no, I think you're upset. I think you're angry mm. and you're not letting yourself be angry. And ever since then, I've been thinking about that, but it's still, it's going to take a lifelong journey for me to realize that. But it's, I don't, I realize that I don't, I don't give myself space to be angry because I second guess myself. But when I, I can see it in other people when they're not getting angry that I would be like, I'm pissed for you. I'm pissed for people. You should, how are you not angry about this? Yeah. So I'm glad I can do it for somebody if not for me. (laughs) I'll try and do it for you so that we can have, (laughs) but it, I, I totally see what you mean. It's much easier for me to be like, no. And like push that on it for, for other people than it is for me to see it for myself. Yeah. Because anger Mm -hmm. feels very selfish for me. Like that's what I equate it to. Anger is me being inconsiderate of other people's feelings is me focusing way too much on my own feelings. And for some reason, sadness, I feel justified in that, but anger, I feel like I'm not considering where the other person is coming from. And so interesting. I'm not, I, I shouldn't like, I, I'm not allowed to feel angry, but now I'm like, I'm realizing too. I'm like, Oh, I'm much angrier than I ever thought I was. <laughs> and I fucking love it. Like I am, you know, yeah, screw it. I'm going to be oh my angry. God, the way you just said that I'm much angrier in like a very posh <laughs> sorry I that that was like almost mocking but you just like did it in such a posh way and I was like oh I love that I think I flipped my hair that I <laughs> and I desperately need a haircut I just haven't like ventured out yet oh right it's yeah. just it's like pretty it looks good from here thanks it, you know say. what it's more just like when I brush it I can feel the ends are like trim me like they're like please set me free like I'm I, I've died. Let me go. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah, I feel you. I, I need to, uh, I will, I will. I totally will. Um, okay. This is, wait, wait, I want to go yeah. back to that. I yeah. wanted to ask you, yeah. Were you an angry kid? No. Like where did that stem from? You be feeling ashamed of your anger. Oh, that's such a good question. Um, no, I was never an angry kid. I was angry, but I kept it inside. Like I would, and it always came out when I get really angry, I cry. So I think I always thought that, no, I'm just really sad. I also think I'll, I've just, I distill a lot of emotions into, oh, I'm hurt. Like I'm angry because I'm hurt. I'm sad because I'm hurt. And I think that's true. But, um, Mm -hmm. in doing that, I dismiss the anger altogether. And I'm just like, no, I'm not angry. I'm hurt instead of I'm hurt and I'm angry. But I think as a kid, um, my, I think when I was growing up, like, I think I warped some of the messages that I got a little bit. Um, I very much like in my household, like being considerate of others and being generous and caring for other people was such a staple, like, um, value that was taught. And, and I, 
I'm so thankful for that. And I think I sometimes took it a little too far in that I applied that to other people, but not to myself. That's the thing. I took that lesson mm-hmm. and I was like, you need to be considerate of how people feel, but people, but I'm not a person. <laughs> That's not a way to you say took that. It, you took it further to be like, okay, so it's desirable to be considerate of other people. How mm-hmm. can I be perfect at it? Like yes. what's the extreme that I can take it to? Yes. Because also I never wanted anyone to worry about me. That was another thing. Like I, you know, if I ever saw like my fam, like if my, my parents were stressed or my friends or my family, whatever, like I always wanted to be the person like, don't worry. You don't have to worry about me and I will anticipate what you need and I will help. So I had to get straight A's. I had to never be in a fight with friends. I had to also, I had to, I'm realizing this. I had to be in a relationship. Because I always saw, okay, so if like I got the messages, like if you, I don't know, for some reason it was like, if you don't have a boyfriend, it's because you're looking for a boyfriend, which now I'm so ashamed of. I wish I started dating so much later. Honestly, I wish I was just one of those kids. I feel like that. Yeah. I wish I just like had friends um, and did my own thing. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's interesting how society puts that on us. Yeah. That being, that being, that you can't be happily single or if you're happily single, it's not because you can't get anyone's because you could have anyone you want and you're choosing to be single. Yeah. Which you should be able to, I'm going to stay away from the word should. It's Mm. healthy to be comfortable with yourself and not, not need anybody. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like you can't get, don't get into a relationship if you, if you're going to be codependent, like you got to be comfortable there, but there's such a pressure. And I, I feel, I definitely feel like the pressure Every time we talk about dating or like, are you seeing anyone? I certainly, I definitely feel a pressure to be like, to justify why I'm single or haven't seen anyone Mm. or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Totally. And I feel the pressure to justify why I'm in a relationship. Isn't that so (laughs) weird? Like this is, this is the point where like, and it is, it's been, it's such a gift talking to people. Like, this is why truly for me, I'm like, I have to just do this and connect with people and like chat because it's such a gift because I realize it's not circumstantial. It's a perception thing, or it's like, it's a way of thinking. That's what needs Mm -hmm. to change because it's not having a job or like having an acting gig or not having an acting gig. It's not being booked on improv shows or not. It's not, that is not going to change these feelings. It's, shifting what I value, how I value, how I treat myself. That is what is going to change these things. It's not being in a relationship or not, you know, mm-hmm. but so yeah, I totally, I totally see. Yeah. I think I just like, I put, I, I felt like for others, I needed to be okay. And so when I wasn't, I would hide it. Um, I mean, I'm saying that maybe people could tell, but I thought I was hiding it. I thought I was a fabulous actress. Um, <laughs> and I think just anger felt anger also felt chaotic and it felt like inevitable to hurt people and it felt unfair to other people Mm -hmm. so I just yeah I just was like and always too I felt this whole contractual thing I felt like if you're I very much believe like if I'm in an argument with somebody that is not consent or permission on either side. Like I'm not a person who's going to say something in the moment and regret it later necessarily. Everyone's human, but I'm not one who's like, you can't just get in a fight with someone and then unleash all this shit because you're in a fight. I don't care. You're my, when you were in a fight, you treat me like with the same respect as you treat me when you, when I'm your favorite person in the world. Yeah. 
of course you're going to, of course, in an argument, you might say something and later be like, listen, that was unfair, but there is a, I have a very clear line. Like, yeah, I'm not a person you can't get in a fight and be like, you're, you're a bitch. I'm like, that's not okay to say just because you're angry. Sorry. Right. Like, would you say that when you're happy? That's so mature and so good. Mm. So healthy, so healthy to establish boundaries. So does that mean, have you always been like this? Yeah. Like for the argument stuff. Yeah, totally. And I, yeah, I think like, I feel very lucky that Rompton is so similar in that. Like he's also, actually, he's probably even more than I am with that. Mm -hmm. Like he's even Mm -hmm. better at that than I am. And yeah, I just think it really says a lot about your relationship with somebody, how you're going to treat them when you're unhappy with them. I think it's really easy to treat someone great when you feel, when you like them in that moment. But when you don't, when you love me, but don't necessarily like me, how do you treat me? And that's going to say a lot to me, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And people also mess up and they make mistakes. Like, like also there's that. It's just, I think some people think anger's like a free for all. Is a, is a past to be an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And I'm very much like, listen, also how much of this is what I, how, how, what I did is affecting you and how much of this is your own stuff. And I want to be compassionate towards that, but you can't just get angry at me and then think, okay, great. Here's all this baggage I've been holding this anger that I'm holding towards all these other people in my life or situations. I'm just going to unload it all on you. Cause I'm mad at you right now. I'm like, hold mm-hmm. on a second. I will hold as much of this, you know, anger as is appropriately like coming towards me, but don't throw all the other stuff. So I, I have a really hard time connecting with people who like, if I feel really unsafe when you're, when you don't like me, then when you like me again, I don't, I, I don't feel safe. Cause I know mm-hmm. that's where you'll go and that's how you'll treat me. And I'm like, Ooh, I'm not safe with you anymore. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about with regards to that, but also just in general, um, with your relationship with Romton, your partner, mm-hmm. or a really good friend versus your family. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is um, with my mom, I I can be, she has seen me at my worst. Mm. Man, when I argue, this is a really good lesson for me. When mm. I argue with someone like my mom, someone like my mom, just my mom, I, <laughs> I don't have this relationship with anybody else, where I can just unleash the worst, I just go for the jugular. I go Mm. for, if I, oh God, if I'm in, if I'm so hurt that I want to hurt you back like that, I'll, Mm. I'm so, so mean. Um, but I know that she can handle it. Mm. Yeah. It'll be awful. Maybe we won't talk for like a week. That's the worst it's ever been. Yeah. But, but she's still my mom. I'm still her daughter where we still have each other. Mm -hmm. I know that I can be the worst and she'll still love me, but I will with friends. I hold back with Mm. friends, you know, it's, it's a different level of trust because they could leave. Is that the, yeah. 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 Why should they have to stay with you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, when you were talking, I was like tearing up and I was trying to figure out like, what, like I, I think I'm as careful, maybe even more so with Like when I'm like, I'm going to cry when I'm like angry at my mom, like I always cry. If I, when I'm, when I'm like communicating to her about it, I was never a kid who was like, 
have you ever seen the movie Superstar? It's <laughs> like, I swear no. this is related. Oh my gosh, you we're going to watch it. I don't watch a lot it's of so movies. Good. That's why. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> if you ever feel like watching a movie, we should totally watch that. But there's just okay. this scene where like, as a joke, like Molly Shannon is like slamming a door and her grandma who is like her parental figure. She's like, you're horrible. And she's yelling and she's slamming the door. You're horrible. And it was like a joke in my, in my family. We always loved it, but that just popped into my head. But like when I was, if I'm ever angry at my mom, I am more careful of how I'm saying it than to anyone in my life. And I was trying to figure out why, because my mom is so forthcoming with like, how much she loves me and how much she cares about me. She shows it in so many ways. So I'm like, I'm not afraid she's going to leave, but I think, um, growing up, a lot of my family changed constantly. Um, so my parents divorced when I was really, really young. And then my dad remarried and I had a stepmom for 12 years and I had three sisters, three stepsisters. And then after like 12 or maybe 14 years, my dad and stepmom split up and my mom, I got a stepdad, my mom remarried and I got a stepbrother. And then my dad, a few years after, I think a few years after, uh, met my current stepmom and I got a stepsister and a stepbrother. And so, and I didn't, you don't think about it in the moment, but I'm sort of reflecting and thinking like, for me growing up, like I could gain and lose family at any moment, you know? I don't know. And my mom and my dad have always been staples, like staples in my life. Like my mom, you know, lived with my mom and my dad showed up every other weekend. Like I never, we would move and he would show up and my mom was always there for everything. So I don't know why exactly it might transfer to them still because they were such constants. But I think just, you know, people would say like, oh, what is like blood is thicker than water or whatever, like family over friends and stuff. And I think deep down, I always sort of knew like, yeah, but nobody is forever. Like I think about death a lot. I think about when I was eight, I wrote my dad's eulogy and read it to him because I wanted him to like be happy with it in case I needed to give it. It was so cheesy. Uh, he kept it. I found it the other, he found it the other day. It's awful. I wrote a song with it. Like it was a lot, but I was always very, sorry. I'm (laughs) I'm laughing. Not because it's like, It's a lot. Who? Why? I process emotions by laughing. We, yeah, we had just no. talked about this. <laughs> yeah. No, but it is. Like, I actually, there have been multiple times where I have uh, messaged one of my friends and been like, I just thought about you dying and like I cried. I've told Rompton, he's like, Stop, don't put that in the universe. Don't think about But I think in my mind, I think like people who are really close to me, like a sister, you know, like my you know, and, and I should also preface like after my dad and my stepmom split up, like I never heard from those sisters again. I've never talked to them since. Um, I sort of got the message like in, you know, various pretty obvious examples, like they didn't want anything to do with me anymore. So in my mind, I think deep down in my heart too, I know like family is something that, you know, is supposed to be a staple and stay there. Um, And some of my family members, I totally feel that. But I think also I know someone who is your family one day, you might never see again the next day. And that's like, um, yeah. So when I'm angry towards somebody like that, it's, uh, I think it's scarier, you know, because I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh God, like then who's going to be my sister? Like who's, you know? So with my friends, I think, 
and, and it depends on how close I am with somebody, but I think the closer I am, the scarier it is to show my anger because like, I can't lose them, you know, like I won't be able to handle it. Um, even though like, I know like my, first of all, my mom and my dad are never going anywhere voluntarily. <laughs> like they are not choosing to leave. Like that's something I know in my gut, but I think just this, this other sort of, um, message in my body somewhere still doesn't want me to be like, don't be too angry. Don't give anyone a reason to leave, <laughs> you know, is mm-hmm. like a big, um, yeah. So I think I don't, I don't feel my therapist once said to me, like, do you, um, I was sharing something with her and I forget what it was, but like, I want to make her look like a good therapist and I'm probably not going to explain this adequately. She's a fantastic. You don't have to. Yeah. She's wonderful. Also, I'm not going to say her name or anything. So it wouldn't matter. (laughs) Um, but, um, she, she brought up the idea of like, do I feel like she can hold my feelings, hold my anger? Can she, can she hold it? Or can she endure it? And I had never thought about it like that before. And I worry, yeah, I don't want to make anybody hold it. And I'm scared that they'll be, they'll hold my anger when I'm angry at them. And then they'll be like, fuck it. You're not worth it. I'm dropping this anger. I don't, I don't want to hold your feelings anymore. Any sort of emotions. You're too much like this. You're not worth your good stuff. Doesn't outweigh your bad stuff. I'm out and just sort of go, you know? Mm -hmm. So now I'm snotty. Wow. I'm a little snotty. Um, what do you do to me, Shehang? Like, I swear <laughs> to God, I've said this. Uh, <laughs> I remember, like, we would always get into deep chats. And then I think I've said this to you. Like, one time we were talking and I was like, okay, the aim of today is, like, I need to make this conversation fun because she's going to eventually be exhausted by my friendship. And, like, I need to just make this fun. And then I swear we ended up talking about something, like, super serious again. I was like, whatever. This is our – talk about brands. This is our brand. This is just – yep. Real chats. Real chats. Real chats. Real chats where I'm like, (laughs) where I'm sniffling away from the the mic. Um, Okay. Well, okay. So funny. So before we started recording, you had brought up, (laughs) this is an awful transition. You brought up um, skincare and I was like, oh my God, we just, I want to talk to you about the (laughs) podcast. You know, what's funny. I said, I'm going to make a note of skincare to remind myself to talk about it. And do you know what I accidentally wrote down? Self-care. Like that's how fucking serious I am. Skincare. Like, come on, Amanda. I love that. I love that. Um, this is such a bad segue, but I do want to talk to you about skincare. Perfect. Okay. So you said you wanted, you wanted to text me late last night asking (laughs) you about skincare. Okay. So where did this come from? Well, because, okay, uh, what was I doing? I was watching this, um, this like actor panel thing and someone gave advice of know how to do no makeup, makeup look for auditions. Mm. And I had watched something else. Some, a casting director said, you know, a lot of these like new, newly graduated from theater kids come in and their face is just complete, so heavily made up because that's what they know in, Mm -hmm. in theater. And, and I thought, oh man, I, I've seen theater kids do that. And I actually thought that's what you're supposed to do. So I've just Mm -hmm. been taking my face with makeup too. (laughs) I thought, oh, okay, wow. I got to learn how to do like no makeup makeup. So then I did some Google YouTubing. Yeah. Getting into YouTubing. Oh my gosh. Uh, (laughs) YouTubing and seeing how like other Asian girls do uh, natural makeup. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting. Okay. This is a tangent. It's so interesting. Like they'll do like an American look or a Korean look or a Japanese look. It's so fascinating to see the different cultures. Like 
like how they the shape of the eyebrows that the trend is overseas or or here anyways so so that's why I wanted to text you because I feel like yeah. you have really lovely skin and you do the no makeup look really well like I can see your freckles and it looks really good like you have really nice skin so I was wondering what your routine is <laughs> I feel like first of all thank you that's so nice I also feel major imposter syndrome because you might be able to see my freckles because I'm not wearing makeup so maybe <laughs> and you I'm look like, beautiful so oh well it's very kind doing that I um I mean I'm wearing some like I put mascara on but I just mean like my skin I'm not wearing yeah. any makeup currently. Um, however, for auditions, like I, w I totally know what you mean about like the no, the no makeup makeup look. Um, mm -hmm. And no one teaches you this stuff. I remember going for an audition for a musical. My first, I think it was like one of my first auditions I did. I think I've told you this. I walked in, I was dressed like I was going to a bank interview. I had little heels on. I had like professional black pants and like a button up shirt. And then I'm going and people were dressed in yoga pants and they're like, Kate, now we're going to do the, the dance audition. And my mom was so kind. She was sitting over in the corner waiting. And I'm like, I'm going to dance in this like silk button up <laughs> tight blouse from like Costa Blanca. Anyway, it was awful. But no one tells you these things. You just like, you end up like, you're like, okay, now I'm an actor. And now you're supposed to know everything about acting. And everyone's like, oh, shame on you that you don't know these things. And I'm like, where should I, should I Google? Like I've tried and everywhere says something different. Okay. So what do I do? Okay. I've more recently during COVID got more into like skin routine because I'm actually very bad at it. Not bad. I shouldn't say like, I'm not consistent in anything that I do ever mm -hmm. for myself. So I'll be like, and you know what I do? I, like, I was waiting for you to add on that for part because I was like, well, actually you're, you do everything perfectly. Like you strive to be perfect. <laughs> so. Well, this is the thing is I'm like, if you say to me, Hey, could you call me every day? I will. If I say, Hey, Amanda, wash your face every day. I'm like, yeah too much pressure. Like just get, leave me alone. Like it's yeah, where I'm like, yeah. Oh, that'll go first. But, um, I'm trying to get more into it. So I just, so one thing I've been doing is like, um, so, uh, wash my face with, I, my mom's a naturopathic doctor. And so whenever she would buy me products, she always, uh, bought things that were on the more natural side. And so now I'm just more inclined to, because like, I don't know, brand loyalty, not even, it's just, I, I don't know a lot about it. So I just go for mm -hmm. what I already know, but I guess I, I am very much like just rinse my face with water. And then I use like a, like a, a facial soap. I didn't know to like last month that you shouldn't use hand soap on your face. So I didn't know that. I do. Yeah. Right. Like who cares? It's soap. Okay, great. So soap. Um, but I really love toners. I love how it okay. feels. Okay. So I'll wash my face. I love those scrubby things on your face. I just got one from this. Wait, like, what scrubby things? So like, you know, those things that you like press a button and it like cert like, and it circles on your Whoa. face. It's like a buffer. No, I, I think it's called. Okay. I, I think my mom gave me one like hers like years ago. And then I have this cause box subscription that it like gives you all these cool, um, products every month in a box. It's so wonderful. Mm -hmm. I love Cosbox. So it gave me one where it's basically just like, oh, it's like an electric toothbrush, but it's bigger for your face. That's <laughs> okay. Now I get it. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I'll do that with soap and then I'll on a cotton pad, I'll like put toner. I also don't know if I'm doing this in the right order. And like, I have YouTube and Google and I haven't used anything, um, to do more research. So then I'll do toner on my face and then I'll let that dry and then I'll put on a cream. And I hear you shouldn't forget about your neck. So I started doing that in the last like month. 
So I'll do that like before bed. Um, and then in the morning, it's usually just water or what I've been doing lately is I have this little like hydrating gel from uh, Locutane, Locutin, whatever my mom bought me again. I'm a child. I love you, mom. Thanks for getting me this. She bought me, it's like a blue gel and it's hydrating. And I just found stress. I've just like my face just been dry and dehydrated and sad a lot. And so <laughs> I'll put that I on my that. face. Yeah. And I'll just like leave it. Like I'll just then have my coffee, whatever. And I'll sort and it just like absorbs into my face. I don't know if any of these things are doing anything because I don't do them consistently enough that then I'm like, Oh, I'm seeing results. I don't think I, I, I think, um, maybe not doing it consistently might be a gift. You don't want to overdo it with yeah. product. That's what I realized. Mm. I, yeah, Sorry, do do? I don't mean to cut you off. You didn't. You what you, you okay. <laughs> are you done? Are you done? I should ask that to my guests. Are you done? Okay, great. No, it's funny because as I was talking, I was like, I'm talking too much. Like I was no, thinking oh, that. Really? Yes. So it's so funny. You were like, oh, should I cut her off? And I was like, I'm talking too much. Ew. Gee, can we What's take up some us? space here? Okay. What do you do? Tell me about your skincare routine. What do you do? Okay. Well, nowadays I, I at night wash with soap mm -hmm. and it's, it's bar soap. Like it's the kind that you get, um, at, you know, drugstores or I see it at bulk barn, you know, those it's like a, it's like a bar soap and mm -hmm. you know, there's like olive oil or like, there's like different flavors. Yeah, I love those. Like yeah. So I just, I just wash my face with bar soap. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I learned this on a YouTube video is Moisturizer is supposed to be an emulsifier. I think that's what it's called. I don't know what okay. that means. Me, but me you, you're <laughs> I was going to ask you. Okay, great. <laughs> they said to make sure your face is still kind of wet. Like put water on your face and while, and before it's completely dry, put on moisturizer. So I've been doing that. Okay. Because the moisturizer isn't supposed to hydrate your face. It's supposed to hold the water in. That's what they say. I don't know, but I've been doing it and it's been great. Mind and that's blown. it. And then in the morning, I don't wash my face mm. because I find it dries me out. And when I'm yeah. dry, I'm more likely to produce oil. And yeah. that's when I break out. And that's that perpetual cycle is not good. Totally. I did have a really bad breakout a couple of years, a few years ago. Mm. I don't know what happened, but I broke out really bad. And I went to my doctor and she prescribed me retinol, which is, have you heard of it? I have. Yes. And I think someone yeah. actually posted, yeah, that like they use it too, that there's like retinol in their toner or something. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I've never used well, it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Apparently it's, it's like this new fad in skincare brands. Mm. Um, it, it's basically, um, it basically dries the shit out of your skin. So you put it on your breakout areas and it dries the shit out of your skin and then it, and then it clears it. Oh. And so, yeah. So I used it to clear my skin and I loved it so much. Like it, my skin was perfect after I used it. Um, but then I started abusing it. I realized like every time I got a pimple or whatever, I'd put it on and I put it on every day. And that's when I realized the back to the consistency thing. That's when I realized mm. that if I just left it for a day or two, it actually worked better to mm. give my skin a break. Yes. From it. Yeah. And now I don't use it so much. I don't like relying on products. I don't know. I just feel like men didn't do it. Like how are, how are, I don't want to be reliant on you know, stuff like that, chemicals. Mm -hmm. So now if I have a breakout, I'll just let it be. I'll mm -hmm. see if it'll go down on its own. But if it seems like it's going to get worse and I, and I, you know, doing a self taper, like I need to, I need it to go down. Yeah. Then I'll put some on. 
Well, and that's the pressure too of having the, the no makeup makeup. Like they're very much like, we just want an everyday person. And then you go on, they're like, yeah, she that has look, perfect skin. You know? Yeah, that doesn't exactly. need to wear makeup. <laughs> exactly. You know what else I do too? Like growing up, so my mom um, would often like, my mom sort of taught me or told me like, your skin is a reflection of your gut, like what's going on in your stomach. So, mm-hmm. and not all the time because some, some people could be eating all the foods that their body specifically loves and still have, you know, like still be uncomfortable with their skin or still have certain things. So this is like to a certain extent, but the first thing I always do is if I have a breakout, I'm like, Oh, what did I eat like three days ago or yesterday? And more, most of the time, or I'm like, here I am eating chocolate, knowing that I'm not great with dairy. If if three days from now I have a breakout on my chin, then I'm just not, I know I'm not, you know, or if I'm like, okay, I'm going to be filming something. I'm going to stay away from the things that I know my stomach doesn't like, because I will see it on my face. That's the other Mm -hmm. thing, honestly. Or like, Mm -hmm. I might not drink for a little bit because for me, like dehydrates, like I can see it in my face or, you know, some people have said pizza makes your face like look a little puffier. Also, here's another thing. And I, okay. First of all, my, I have, um, my skin has never been an insecurity of mine, like my physical features. And I feel very privileged because I know that lots of people, it is something that they worry about. I have other things. My skin hasn't been. So that's easy, easier for me to say this, but I also just feel like we put way too much emphasis on needing our looks to be perfect. Um, I Mm -hmm. think like there are very talented uh, makeup artists on set that if I break out, they are very talented. They will hide mm-hmm. it if you need to. You know what I mean? So like, of of course, yeah, I get really insecure if I'm like going to an audition and I have a breakout and I also then feel, hmm, this is my anger. Then I feel the anger inside being like, why can't I be a fucking normal human being also? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I go back and forth between like, I, I don't want to obsess about it. Um, and I don't, I'm also lucky that I don't feel like I have to, but I also, yeah. Yeah. So, right. Interesting. I want to talk to you about this because yeah. I, I was thinking about this. We're both actors mm-hmm. and the film and TV industry is a beauty contest. Like yeah. people say that it's not, but it really is. And by beauty contest, I mean, white conventional standards of beauty, mm. but it is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I don't know what the question is. I guess, how do you, <laughs> I don't know. How, how do you personally navigate it? Because, yeah. because uh, like I've had actor friends tell me, look, you can't worry about what you look like. Mm. Um, don't worry about trying to be pretty. Like all sorts of people are hired on to film and TV, of course. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the leads, always, most of the time, gorgeous white women. Mm-hmm. And again, by gorgeous, I mean conventional, conventional white Western standards of beauty, mm-hmm. white women. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like part of me, of course, wants to make it in this industry. So yes, I do. I do make sure I don't eat so stuff that's going to bloat me right before a shoot. I, I honestly do care about my looks a lot in this industry. Mm. So, but at the same time, I do want to respect myself and my own appearance and know that like I am enough. I'm exact. I'm, this is excellent. Whatever this is happening is, mm-hmm. is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I wonder how you feel about it. Yeah. I, I think so many people will tell you like, or I, I hear so often, like, just be yourself, be completely yourself. And if they don't like it, then fuck it. Or that wasn't the job for you. 
Um, and sometimes it can get really hard when it feels like, or it seems like, well, being myself, what if being myself takes me out of the running of ever being a successful actor? The, uh, the allure of being a chameleon and like, okay, well, I'll change this. I'll change that. I'll change this. Um, is very appealing sometimes. And, you know, they say like, oh, well, you know, create your own content, which absolutely I will. And I do. Um, but yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like I grew up always wanting to be an actor and I would watch friends and I'm like, I am not as skinny and pretty as Rachel, Monica and Phoebe. So I'm not even going to tell people I want to be an actor because they're going to think I think I am so beautiful and conceited. So I didn't even tell people for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can be feeling really great about yourself. And then I get, you know, but then you get the actual messages. Like, you know, I got told like, you, you're a fantastic actor. You'll always be, um, like the best friend. You'll never be the lead or character breakdowns. Like I once got one that said, um, actually I'm thinking of two. I got some character breakdowns for an audition that I was going in for. And, uh, one of them said, um, think Selma Hayek, but not as pretty. And I was like, okay. And then another one was, uh, thick, but sexy. And I was really bothered by the butt. I was like, so not thick and sexy. I am sexy despite my body. And getting those messages. Oh, oh, thick butt. Oh, thick, thick, oh, sorry. But sexy. How, I yes. thought you meant thick butt with two T's. Like thick butt. She sexy. has a thick ass and she's sexy. That would have been great. I mean, depending well, on who wrote it. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, it was like thick. However, she's still sexy. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you get these and you're like, I think it's very easy to tell somebody, be yourself, screw what they think, who cares? Uh, and then this is what the industry, like, this is what the people who can give you opportunities, this is what they're telling you. So um, I have a huge insecurity that like, I don't really think I'm anything memorable. Like, I think the industry would see me as um, pretty common, unremarkable. I'm not like, I'm, yeah, I guess like, I'm, I'm not like leading lady body type. I'm not leading lady face. I'm not, and I'm saying this like, I think I'm fucking great. And I'm really practicing like loving my body and loving it, you know, mm-hmm. but it, I real I do struggle with the disconnect of like, I can totally love myself. It doesn't mean anyone's going to hire me. <laughs> like, Right. Leading know? body, leading lady body. I, and I say that with air quotes mm-hmm. to, for anyone just listening, not watching. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's like their standards. A hundred percent. The right standard. No. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. All of us have, yeah. all of us have bodies that deserve to be fucking leading people in mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. TVs, film. I yeah. think where the struggle is, is like, we can all believe that, but that doesn't get me auditions. That doesn't get me callbacks. That doesn't get me, you know, and, and it is weird because I don't, I don't think that when I walk in, people are like, um, oh, she's like that girl. She's like that kind of person. Like, oh, she's, she's the uh, dark comedy person. She's the quirky, like even all these terms. I'm like, who cares? But in acting a lot of the time, like they want to know what you're about right away. And I think I am very, 
I feel like I'm a diluted version of a lot of things. Um, like I got told one time I didn't get cast in a commercial because I was too pretty. And then in this other one, it's like, I clearly wasn't pretty enough. And it's so many subjective thoughts. Like each director is going to have their different thoughts and their different whatever. So uh, yeah, I really struggle with it. And I often feel like uh, it's really hard I'm trying to figure out who I am and what I have to say. So it's really hard to market myself as like a quote unquote brand like this. And they tell you like, you're the brand, you're the product. Well, I'm just a fucking person who loves to express myself artistically. And I'm honest and I'm a really fucking good actor. Like I am, but yeah, you are often, but like often, often for me, it's like, yeah, I can tell myself like, Amanda, you're fucking beautiful. Like I'm trying to instill that in myself, but I always feel like it comes with a, but not beautiful enough. Or like, you're an amazing actor, but not amazing enough. Because I think I put a lot of emphasis on the evidence of it. And I see other mm -hmm. people, you know, progressing and I feel very uh, stuck. Like I'm not necessarily progressing in my acting career as much as I would like. Mm -hmm. Well, what I've gotten from this conversation is I guess we got to just take it with a grain of salt. Like know that the industry is going to be extra hard for us. Mm -hmm. So, so therefore we don't have to take it as personally when we don't get anything. Yeah. It's not our fault. Yeah. It's not our fault. We're the point is to be a good actor and that's it. Mm -hmm. That's, that's your whole job. And if, if they have standards of beauty that aren't aligned with yours, like you just, I, and I don't know when I say you, I mean, you generally like me as well. Mm -hmm. we, we can't take it to heart because the playing field isn't fair to begin with. Mm -hmm. I also, you know what? And I feel like I really, really have to acknowledge too, that like there is such privilege in me uh, being and like being um, presenting to the industry as like, oh, she's, I feel like the message that I get like, oh, she's, she looks like your everyday white girl. There is a lot of privilege in that. And just because I'm not booking or don't feel like I'm getting a lot of auditions or whatever, that doesn't take away that privilege that I have, you know? And I am quite like, yeah. So there's also, I know that there's a lot of privilege in me having that. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I also need to say that. I don't know, like, how do, you, how do you feel coming up against, like, all of these things that we're talking about? Like, seeing who is getting the leads in different film films or, like, in TV shows. And if you feel a disconnect between who you are and who they are all the time i'm doing yeah. um just in in acting classes or or coaching and i get a script i judge i have judged every single script that i've gotten mm -hmm. the first script i got in an acting class was um a hallmark movie oh yeah and i i read it and i was like ha, this would never fucking happen are you kidding me <laughs> what that you that like the to scenario play the lead in a hallmark movie oh like you're like i would never get cast as the lead in this movie yes i would never get cast i'd probably get cast as the quirky weird best friend mm -hmm. um so but that affects the way i approach the script like mm. i'm already discarding any commitment to it already by judging it you know what i mean so it affects mm -hmm. my craft and i and i realize it's because i don't see myself in a lot of film and TV. Mm. Actually, this past few months, I've been watching a lot of like Taiwanese mm. um, films, TV shows, just to see more Asian people on screen. And mm -hmm. you know what? It has really helped 
me and I highly recommend it to anyone who is Asian or, or any, any BIPOC, like watch yourself on screen, mm -hmm. go to those international films, like watch yourself. Um, I think it's so important, but yeah, I, I do. I do. And I, it's a constant battle really. And I tell myself, look, this is supposed to be about me mm -hmm. becoming a better actor, working mm -hmm. on my craft. And in order to try out different scripts and stuff, I have to just tell myself that, yeah, I could play this role. If mm -hmm. I just commit hard to this genre and this person, yeah, I will. When I Google the script and I find out that there's like, it's, it's a quite a diverse cast, I'm blown mm -hmm. away, like whatever script it is. I'm just mm -hmm. so su surprised <laughs> that somebody has done the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Do you ever ask for a different script? Or are you ever like, I don't want this? I've thought about it. I thought about mm. um Not that asking. I know if that's like, I'm not even saying that as like a suggestion. I'm genuinely just- No, asking. I get that. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I thought about it in, in that my acting teachers have always been white. Mm. So, and I'm, yeah, I'm like, where, where is everybody? I know we were talking uh, about I, this the other I day, thought, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've thought about, you know, do, will they really understand where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. um, do they see that maybe my history is different and therefore I can't relate to this girl in the script because I'm a Chinese woman and therefore this is going to be harder for me to navigate. At the same time, I don't want to be pigeonholed into only Chinese roles. Mm. Yeah, I want to try like the rebel or like the femme fatale or like the like goofy kid. You yeah. Know what I mean? You would play I'll all try it all, so it's fantastically. Fine. Like as you were saying oh, that, was like, oh my god, check, check, check. Like you <laughs> so good at all of those. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a constant. It's it has to do with self worth. It has to do mm. with with a sense of belonging. My place in North America. My mm. place as an Asian woman here. How I see myself. How the world sees me. And how much am I going to subscribe to how the world sees me versus? Fuck it. I'm just doing the script. I don't care. I'll be a leading lady in Hallmark in. <laughs> In 2065, maybe? 2021. 2021? Yeah. No, it's not going to I'll be your quirky best friend. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's just write a Hallmark cool. movie. That, okay, that's what we always end up. We're like, we'll just write it then. We'll just write it. Yeah. You know? But then it's- oh, like, I, I would love yeah. that. Can we actually- That'd Write be... a Hallmark movie? Great. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Cool, cool, I'll cool. be your quirky best friend. I would love to. I'll be we Selma can, Hayek, but we not can, as pretty. Or we can like date, like be the two Great. romantic leads. I'm yeah, like, why am I already like great <laughs> make you the lead and I'll just be the same thing that I'm fighting against? <laughs> okay, great. Let's write. I love uh -huh. that. I love that. It is so frustrating and it's along every way because then I think like, okay, well then we're just gonna have to make it for ourselves. And then I think like, mm -hmm. okay, so how are we gonna get financing? Well, we'll probably need a male director who has a bunch of experience so that people don't think it's a risk that they're taking on us. Like just so it sometimes it's just there's so many different things that you know, interesting. Gonna come up against that. Then I'm just like, Oh, I'm tired, <laughs> which, wow. which is not an excuse, which is not an excuse, yeah. but it is just like, okay, well we can write it. How are we going to like, uh, yeah. But, but I do think, I mean, there are, you just have to do it anyway, because I don't want to sit around waiting for other people to give me opportunities. I want to make mm -hmm. them for myself. I just, mm -hmm. I also find, uh, I used to be like, you just have to make them all for yourself. And now I'm also valuing my time and my like emotional, like my emotional labor as well. And realizing like, okay. And sometimes I just need to 
take a break. I just need to sit there and like not try yeah. to invent anything. Uh, yeah. And I think thinking about the overall picture is so stressful. Yeah. Yes. It feels, it feels just like, pointless. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just like, oh, well, once we have the script, like we worked so hard on the script. Well, now we got to find funding. Now we got to do this. Now we got to find a crew. Now we got to find someone to. Yes. It, that's so much. It's just so, so much. You're so right. Let's just write a yes. script and then Let's worry just write about a, the rest. Yes. Because that's yeah. what I do. I mean, that's why I didn't start the podcast for like three years is because I would, I thought mm. about the end product instead of like, just record one episode. Like that's all you have to do right now. You know what I mean? Right. Or like, yeah, right. this, just, just come up with an idea. You don't have to yeah. think about like, okay, but where are we going to release the movie? Like, let's not go to distribution before we've even created something. <laughs> yeah. That's what I do is yeah. I, I think it all the way through and like perfectionism comes out and then I get so overwhelmed that then yeah. I can't even write like a shitty first draft of something. Mm-hmm. But I'm changing that. I'm changing it. You know? I mean, also good for you though, because you do have to think about these things eventually. And now you have a fantastic podcast. It's so beautiful. The the art, everything about it is so polished. And now, now that I'm a, friends with you and we talk about this podcast, yeah, um, I I have never appreciated before how much work goes into this pod, goes into any podcast. Hey, oh. listeners, shout out to Amanda Pereira because <laughs> okay. she works so so fucking hard <laughs> okay. on this. I paid okay. Cheating to say Maybe this. Maybe that's are you embarrassed? I paid her. <laughs> I paid her to say all this. <laughs> no, but truly, truly, I'm cutting it all out. No, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> I can't on the video. I'm leaving it. <laughs> Um, I am going to, okay. So the last thing that I want to do with you is, um, because we've like gotten to know each other on like friendship level in the past little bit. I can't even say that with a straight face. Cause I'm like, right. Yes. Huh? No. Yes. I'm assuring myself. I don't need reassurance from you. I just flicked my own hair. Um, <laughs> my hand, cause my fingers are sweaty and I just grabbed all these hairs. Um, okay. I want to ask you like a couple sort of quick questions to like get to know you even better. Is that cool? Okay, great. Okay. So my first one, what is your go-to snack? A salad. Really? <laughs> oh. Yeah. No I'm the queen of salads. Okay. I'm the queen of salads. My first real job was working yeah. in a kitchen as a line cook, and I just took care of all the salads, and that's where I learned how to make salads. And I make a good salad. It's all about Ooh. having some sort of sweetness, so like a very okay. sweet, like peaches or something, yeah. and texture, so nuts, um, dried cranberries or dried, dried cherries. And right now, my mom gosh, you should see her vegetable garden. It's crazy. But she's got two kale plants and lettuce plants that I, I just break off and chop into my salad. It's so refreshing. And it's like, like sweet heaven. Yeah. I eat salad for dessert. Now that I think about it every night, like I'll eat dinner and then go back downstairs at 9 PM and make myself a salad. (gasps) If you were like watching a movie or something, I know you said like, you're not, but if you were watching a movie, it would your go to like not popcorn, not whatever you'd be like, I want to make myself like a nice texture salad. From my home yeah, garden. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, it's you just are so like refreshing a whimsical. Yeah, <laughs> like are you like a a whimsical like goddess? Just like I'm picturing you barefoot, like just walking through this garden, like some lettuce, <laughs> some kale. Oh, here's a here's a nut from a tree. I don't even know where nuts come from. Okay. Oh. Okay. So I don't that's know so great. Also, I feel like that's probably. I mean, that would be better for my skin than me eating M and M peanuts every night. So like, I should probably be doing that because my skin. You do. You. My body hates milk and I'm not being nice to it by <laughs> force feeding it milk. Um, okay. What is your favorite body part about yourself or just favorite part of yourself? It could be physical or an act like a, a personality trait. Ooh, good question. I'm forcing you to, to love yourself. That's what I'm doing, which is not good. I have oh. a, a side agenda. I'm like, 
I'm forcing you to think about something. Well, in that case, let me pick a part of myself that I have historically not loved about myself. Oh, I love that. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say my down there, (gasps) my, 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 my vagina. I'm, I'm whispering not because you should whisper that word, but because my parents are downstairs. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) vagina. Okay. (laughs) Your mom's like, yeah, did you call me? Um, I just thought you were like, uh, no, uh, what? I thought, I thought for a second you were like ASMRing like vagina. Oh, let's pretend that's <laughs> what, what that Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just back up. It was because of that. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? By, vag- by vagina, I, I learned this on Gwyneth Paltrow's like show. There was one episode I was told to watch about vaginas where they showed different women's vaginas. And I, I know that everybody's vagina is different, but actually yeah. seeing the different vaginas, I was like, whoa, it really helped me appreciate mine more. <gasps> is this on Netflix? I think so. I'll, I'll find it and send it to you after. Okay, I would like, love to watch the episode on vaginas. Yeah, it's about sex. It's about orgasms, actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good episode. Really good. And and what I learned on her her show is that when we say vagina, vagina is actually the thing inside. So what yeah. I'm describing is the vulva. It's like the skin. Yeah. It's like the you know. I oh, know we all say we 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 all say vagina, and then I'm like, that's right in there. It's like uh-huh. saying like you're, I don't know. Now I'm like, oh God, I'm going to get this wrong anatomy. But it's like me being like, yeah, I love my intestines. Like it's inside, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Yes, I it is inside. This. I have yeah. one. Which I would love to see the inside of. I've never seen my vagina. I don't like think inside do. of your vagina or like yeah, your vagina? Like, like, <laughs> like, like my doctor has seen it doing pap tests for me, but right. I've never... I don't know how it. though. How do you do it? Like, how would you, uh-huh. like, I've Get looked at to... my, I've looked at my, well, not my vagina, I guess I've looked at the outside, but I've, I haven't yeah. looked in, I guess you could use like a mirror and like a, like a, you could with a I mirror. You yeah. could. I mean, I've seen like, no, I've never done an internal ultrasound either. So it's not like I've seen like it mm. through like a sonogram. Mm-hmm. I never want to do that. I hate pap tests. I've had so many bad experiences that I'm like, Oh really? Yeah. And I got tested for COVID, um, like a couple months ago, cause I was having some, some like flu like symptoms and it came back negative, but I have a really deviated septum and I warned him, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this and they put like a Q-tip up your nose and I had my mask on and I don't know why I was just like anxiously vomiting words. And I said, Oh, I just want to warn you. Like I have a really deviated septum. So and he was like, okay. And then I took off my mask. He goes, Oh, wow. I see what you're talking about. And part of me was like, fuck you, dude. Like this is a hard time, but also I was like, whatever, you know what? I'm growing to love my nose. So whatever. And then as he was, he was like weaving it up my nose and he said, Oh yeah, it's really hard to get up there. And it was so deep in there. It felt like a pop test for my face. Like I hated it. It was so, oh, wow. I've heard it's awful. Yeah. I've but heard some people it's fine. Some people it's like, it tickles. Like, I think it's really just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard they go person. really deep. Yeah. They call it like a brain, brain t- tap or something. Yeah. Because it, they're hitting the back of your sinuses. Yeah. God, it makes me <laughs> I'm so scared to get a up. test. I know. And you know what also though, like it's quick. I mean, it's yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, they don't have to go like up your butt. Like it could be worse. I don't like anything mm-hmm. medical in me, like dent, mm-hmm. vagina, butthole. I don't want any... <laughs> I don't want a medical professional inside me. That is really, mm-hmm. what, uh, look where we went with this from snacks to that. I love your answer. That is such a beautiful, wonderful answer that I feel inspired by. Oh yeah. I love that. I love Thanks that. Thanks for letting me share it. Love that. 
<laughs> You're welcome. Um, okay. If you were drinking an alcoholic beverage on a night out, what is your like go-to? Like, what should I order you at the bar? If I'm like, oh, she can go out here. I'll grab her a drink. Oh, a pint of beer or red oh, wine. Oh, love it. Or red wine. Yeah. I'm okay. easy. Okay. I, I don't do that. cocktails anymore. I, I, ugh, I can't. No. Is it the sugar? Like the, the, I feel it like is the sugar. You know, I've never really yeah. liked the sugar. I went through a period of um, bartending. I, I wanted to be a bartender so bad and be, like yeah. mixologist. And I bought, spent so much money on all the liqueurs the LCBO offered oh, no. and would have a party and get my friends so I could make them drinks. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through that phase, but I never was crazy about drinking it all myself. Mm. Like I would layer the shots, but I didn't want to take the shots. I just <gasps> didn't want that kind of sugar in me. I wish we were friends then. I would have loved to take all the shots. <laughs> we can still do that. Okay, great. If you still have any of those liquors, please, uh, no, let's I've do it. No, I them all out. It's been like five years. <laughs> You're like, these are not bad. Um, okay. One time you told me that jerk, t- ch- like really good jerk chicken tastes like good sex. And I didn't know what you meant. What do you mean by that? Do you remember when you texted me that? No. <laughs> you were like, oh, I said, I'm having, uh, I was having Thai food from this place. It's Sander. I'm like, it's so good. And you're like, yeah. oh, I got um, jerk chicken with rice and beans. And it's, have you ever had it? I said, no, I've never had jerk chicken. You're like, oh, it tastes like good sex. And I was like, ha ha ha. And we weren't really close yet. So I didn't want to clarify, but now I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I think I just said it as a joke. Yeah. And I'm reading but, into it. And well, I, I just, I love it so much. Mm. I think it's my one of my favorite foods. Okay. Where, you know where do Change I get the it snack from? to jerk yeah. chicken and, and rice and peas <laughs> or like jerk chicken with a salad. Like you could have, that could be your snack. I mean, that's a meal. True. It's basically a meal, but it could yep. also be a snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Where, where do you go? Like, where's your favorite place in Toronto to go get jerk chicken? sponsorship. Um, so let's do a shout out. I, I, you know what? I, I, I haven't tried many places. I just found one place that I liked mm. and, uh, it's called Ritz Caribbean. Okay. And they, Caribbean. they're a chain. They're a chain. I'm sure someone who like knows jerk chicken and rice mm-hmm. and peas will tell you what the really good spots are, mm. but it's, it's good enough for me. I, I really like it. Okay. I love and it. Please. If you, if you know any like good spots, tell me. Yeah. Come at us I'll in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, rip apart. No, so Ritz Caribbean. That's what's called? Ritz Caribbean. I, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I want to go try. Okay, so my mm-hmm. last question for you. Okay, because it was very interesting writing questions because I was like, I, anyway, I was just like, oh, I feel like I'm getting to know her, but there's so much more and like, I admire her so much. So I thought maybe my own blind spot is I wouldn't think of a question to ask you. So I have these like little cards and they're like preset questions already on them. And I'm going to get you to pick one of the cards. So there's like a red one, a brown or black one. The orange and, and orange blue because it's okay. appealing to me. Oh, okay. This is the question. When should we let our guard down? Oh, when should we let our guard down? Mm. It's hard to let your guard down. Um, I want to say always, but you don't always feel safe. You know what I mean? And your sense of safety depends on how you grew up and how you've learned to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. I think I could definitely use more letting my guard down in general. You told me this. You told me, you told me, hey, listen, I think you could trust people more. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. So I think I could let my guard down in terms of just trusting people more, being trusting that I can be vulnerable. I mean, uh, I know that in any conversation, in any relationship, I'm only responsible for 50% of it. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to give, I, I want to be able to be, be brave and just give you all I got and whatever happens, like I'll deal with it. Mm. 
um, yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, and, and trust your instincts that, um, you, you will have a gauge of who deserves to have your guard down. You know, it's like, it right. doesn't have to be everybody or nobody, but mm-hmm. you, yeah. Trust that like you can make that judgment of like, okay, I can let my guard yeah. down a little bit with this person or like not yeah. with this person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also don't, not to let anyone who disappoints you mm. in that regard, um, don't punish yourself for it and don't let that affect your future relationships. Yeah. It's like, it's like relationship baggage when they talk about like if one person cheated, then, you know, a lot of the time it's hard to not bring that to every single romantic relationship afterwards. Mm -hmm. I do that with friends a lot. It's like, if one friend makes me feel really rejected, I'm like, okay, well, I guess all friendships, this is what happens. And that's such a good point you make. Yeah. That like, yeah. Don't let one person ruin everything for you. Like for everybody, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, I hope you do. Cause you're a really wonderful friend to have. I think, I think, Aww, I think I it, yeah, people would be so lucky to be your friend. And so I'm like, if you like someone, go, go get them. Shiang. They would be so <laughs> lucky. You're such a, you are, you're such a gift of a human being to get to be friends with. So like, I feel very lucky for everybody who get who is your friend and gets to be your friend in the future. And yeah, you're wonderful. Same with you. Same with you. I truly think that about you. Thanks. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you liked what you heard, please help me out by leaving a rating or a comment on your Apple podcast app or on YouTube or wherever you might be listening from. And if you're like me and you have an awful memory or you just don't want to have to remember when the next episode comes out, hit that subscribe button and the newest episode will automatically download for you. Just like magic. I love it. (laughs) You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast. And if you're still listening, I want to remind you that a pandemic is still taking place. And I don't say that to be a buzzkill or to scare you, but to ask you to please, please continue or start wearing your mask when you're out of your house and around other people. We should be treating people how we want to be treated. And if you want to be safe and healthy, respect the health and safety of the people around you. Please. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care. Bye.